The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, all seven runs in heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The Brock Bonanza continues, while Desmond Desperation falls short. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the NFL Enjoyer, ready to talk Kayvon Thibodeau for Defensive Rookie of the Year. And with me, as always, is AJ, lose for Levis, Marchese. Oh, do you see the clips of him just throwing against air, making the rounds this week on Twitter? The Seahawks will be in good position to draft him. <laughs> yeah, baby. Welcome, Will. Today, we're talking all the best and worst NFL rookies from week 15 of the NFL season. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving out. To Casey, maybe looking for Stroud or a Bryce Young. Who's gonna wear a Hawaiian shirt today? Who's gonna put ketchup on a stick? Who's gonna, gonna find a steal in the fifth? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And, and that's, that's a song. Today's episode of Seven Runs in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. Navy said, we're not letting the funk out. We're keeping Brian Newberry, our defensive coordinator, and promoting him to head coach. AJ, what's your take on noobs as as Navy's new midshipman? Uh, best hire this cycle. That's that's I, it. I Point blank. Yep. Uh, I can't wait till next year when I start making us uh, break down transfer portal stuff too. <laughs> For the love of God, no. Uh, what's your take on uh, Colorado's recruiting class? Oh, they're doing they're doing good, exciting stuff in Colorado, Rob. Uh, I'm gonna say Phil Knight seems to be dropping the bag up in uh, in Eugene, Oregon. Yeah, oh, that's for sure. Look, at the, they got the was the Rhode Island transfer too. Rhode Island, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was, he was he almost went to Ohio State and then he didn't. <laughs> Ryan Day hot seat. Ryan Day is on the hot seat. We'll we'll talk about that more later. Uh, right now, we'll talk about some NFL declarations. A couple big names too. Texas running back, Bijan. I stuttered there. Bijan <laughs> Robinson. I was just so excited. UAB running back, Dwayne McBride. Syracuse running back, Sean Tucker. Pitt running back, Israel Abonaconda. Pitt offensive lineman, Carter Warren. Northwestern offensive lineman, Peter Skronsky. And LSU defensive lineman, Jacqueline Roy. I always find it funny which, uh, which players Adam Shafter decides to retweet their declaration. It's of. so weird. I don't know why it's Jaquel and Roy. Um, I think a lot of, of Dynasty fantasy nerds were worried that when Bijan hadn't declared yet a little bit. But alas, they're nerds, and uh, he's in the draft, and the runbacks are going wild, this 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 group here. Five years ago, like, Bijan Robinson has the same makeup as previous running backs who were drafted far too early. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, I do think, like, he would have potentially been a top-ten pick. He would have been, 100%. But now I'm I'm very it's hard to find a spot that makes sense where it's not bad value. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really interested to see where he falls. Probably Seattle at uh, at three. But uh, <laughs> do you think? I think okay. I think Bijan's going round one. Do we agree there? Yes, just because we've seen less talented running backs go round one. Definitely. But I also think he's the only running back to go round one. I do too, unless. 
like Jameer Gibbs does something insane at the combine. Yeah, I, but even then, that feels very luxury. I mean, the Chiefs took Clyde Edwards Alaire with the last pick of the first round a couple years ago, and that's obviously not been a good pick. But like, I could see that if Philly lets Miles Sanders walk and has the last it, pick. It, yeah, that's the only one. That's the only one. But but at the same time, I also have a hard time finding a spot for Bijan Robinson when mm-hmm. you like you look at the draft order. We're assuming he's not going. Top 10, you start looking at the running backs on each team. It's like the Jaguars have Etienne, Texans have Damian Pierce, Pittsburgh has Najee Harris, Packers have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, Seattle has Kenneth Walker, Patriots have every running back, the Jets have Brees. Like, you just keep going, you keep going. Yeah. And it's just hard to find an exact pick. Maybe if the Lions are not sold on DeAndre Swift, but that seems like a waste of a pick for a team that's has a lot of needs. Still. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Like, the Dolphins forfeited their pick. That would be that, fun. That but. was the right one. That was the easy one. I think every time, uh, I think when that happened, every mock draft heavy person was like, fuck, now I got to get creative with, with, with where Bijan goes. Uh, aside from Bijan, uh, Pierre Skronsky, potential top offensive lineman in this draft class with Alu Fashanu going back to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see where he lands just because he does have abnormally short arms for a top-tier tackle. Um, so I, I wonder if that will be overthought. It will be. Don't worry. Um, but, I mean, the tape says top 10 pick at a premier position. Yeah. Uh, and, and your boy, Abanaconda. Yeah, what a, what a year for him coming in. You know, um, I forget the other back who was also good at Pitt. They got banged up. And Abanaconda came in and he just stole the damn show and he yeah, went off. And I mean, heavy, a deep, deep running back group. So it's interesting to see like no, where he goes. Another and thing. He could test big, though. Another thing working against Bijan is it's such a deep running back group. Yeah. I, um, see, I don't think it's going to hurt Bijan in terms of not going the first round, but I think it's going to push a lot of other backs down. Yeah. When, I, when push comes to shove, I think, like, you know, the, that next group of, of dudes, I think we'll see them get pushed up. Maybe not. I mean, you never know, but I, I, I kind of I tend to think that way. You know what I just realized? What's that? If Bijan's on the board when the Dallas Cowboys pick, Jerry can't help himself. Oh, that's so true. That's that's so true. A um, couple senior bowl acceptances as well. TCU quarterback Max Duggan, who officially declared this past week as well. Pitt linebacker. Servace uh, Dennis, Troy Linebacker, an FBS all-time leading tackler, Carlton Marshall, and Georgia safety Christopher Smith, one of my favorite players in the class. Yeah, I think Christopher Smith is the big get here in terms of, you know, actually what they mean for the NFL draft. He, he's going to have a, a shining week in Mobile. Um, the, <laughs> the Carlton Marshall, I, I kind of love that he gets, you know, when you lead, you know, the career leader in tackles in the FBS, you deserve the kick at the, at the senior bowl. So, Seeing what he looks and like, he's, it's and be he's fun. from Mobile, and yeah, a hometown guy, which is all Jim cares about is getting as many Mobile natives as he can. There, let's let's see when he can get a hometown band to perform. I'm just, I'm just interested to see like, what's what position is is Carlton Marshall going to try and transition to safety? He's obviously like, five nine, right? I, so I guess. I, guess I, I, don't I don't know. know. I'm all, uh, Dennis is my guy, so I'm excited mm-hmm. about him. And Max Duggan's the true wild card. The quarterback group's really weird. <laughs> it is but weird. But it's, it's, I think it, you know what, I'm always saying how Jim's doing a great job, and he's done it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that the the quarterback group they've got there, and especially in a weaker senior class, the four guys they've got there right now are all guys I would like to see in that setting. To, because I think they're all a little bit murky evals right now. And they're all day three guys, but it, it's Jake Hanner, it's Clayton Toon, it's Tyson Bajan, 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 and so. Max Duggan. So that'll be interesting. A lot of a lot of hearts and minds, guys. You know, like like Duggan's going to win a lot of hearts and minds. <laughs> Hayner's my guy. I think Hayner's the best of the, of the group. Uh, Bajan is the most interesting because who knows what he's going to look like. It's fun. I wonder, yeah, we're like a month away, or a little over a month. And a couple of East West Shrine Bowl acceptances. Wake Forest receiver A.T. Perry, Harvard defensive lineman Truman Jones, St. Uh, Francis, uh, no, Stephen F. Austin. Oh, I had St. Francis Xavier in my head. Stephen F. Austin, edge rusher B.J. Thompson, NC State linebacker Isaiah Moore, and Florida safety trading. 
<laughs> St. Francis Xavier, BJ Thompson is an interesting one for sure. Um, A.T. Perry's a good get. A.T. Perry's a big one. I would have liked to see him in Mobile. You, I think, said this last time they added a receiver to the Shrine. They're doing really uh, good. Yeah. The, the, the Shrine game's receivers might be more interesting. I mean, A.T. Perry and Zay Flowers alone. but Probably top the senior bowl group. Off the top yeah, of my head. It's, yeah. It's uh it's definitely interesting. Brace Ford Wheaton's there too. I don't yeah. Know. I mean Senior Bowl might be deeper, here. but the top I think is better at the shrine. Yeah, I agree. Obviously AT Perry big time outside threat as an axe ball winner, fifty fifty guy. Should be fun. Yeah. Yeah, okay, let's get into our NFL Week 15 superlatives. AJ's just chomping at the bit to break down these quarterbacks. Oh, baby. Uh, unfortunately, AJ, Kenny Pickett did not play this week. I know, and I'm sad to not hear your uh, Pickett rundown, that we're kind of just saying the same thing for the last 10 weeks over and over. Um, you know what, though? we uh, unless Unless you've got a surprise quarterback, for me, uh, yeah, I, think, I do. I do. I think you might, I do. and there might be a chance we see more of him. Yeah, but I'll start. I'll start. Okay. No, you start. Malik Willis was drafted ahead of Desmond Ritter. What'd you see? Uh, not a lot. He was three for four, twenty yards, and uh, second That's and two good. six. He ran for a first down, eight yards. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, wasn't a lot. I mean, it, it seems like we're going to see a lot more of him. Uh, Tannehill could be done for the year. Um, I, I feel like they're just going to go on and. Uh, Neuter the offense again and just pound the rock down the stretch. Now, um, he had a nice like he had a nice third down conversion throw. Just like threw a fucking bullet. Uh, he seems to only throw bullets, which is problematic right now. But hey, um, seeing him in the last three games and if they make the playoffs is going to be very very interesting for his his long term future. Um, which I, I I love Malik Willis, the, the but. He has not shown to be an NFL quarterback in any regard yet, or an NFL starting quarterback. So, exciting. At least we get to talk about him more next week. Yeah, the the way the rookie QB class is, is shaken out thus far is interesting. That's uh, To sure. say the least, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Go. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, congrats, yeah. AJ. Geno Smith has made the Pro Bowl. Oh, well-deserved. Well-deserved. I actually don't understand Pro Bowl voting because I thought Tua was leading the voters, but he didn't make it, so I don't Wait, understand. what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand. Just, I don't understand. Um, but that's okay. You know who won't be making the Pro Bowl probably based off his first NFL start? Wait, like never or this year? This year this he's not going to make it. Okay, okay. Probably. You're not ruling probably. it out, though. I'm not. You know what? If you have if you have enough guys choose not to go, that's a good possible to get there. <laughs> Mac Jones made the Pro Bowl last year. Um, that's a good point. Desmond Ritter, in his first NFL start, went thirteen of twenty six for ninety seven yards, uh, a grizzly three point seven per attempt, uh, and had six carries for thirty eight yards. A lot of that came on the final play of the game, which I don't know if you saw. They were down three points. There was, like, eight seconds left. He scrambled and ran out of bounds because I think he thought he was stopping the clock. He seemed a little confused, and the game ended. I will say, not not, not to take a victory lap because I don't believe in that at all, but from what I saw of Ritter, uh, the, very, like the, the most pro-ready label it was, uh, was, was quickly came off in the dishwasher. I don't know what analogy to make because he, he looked like he was uh, – very, very, very flustered and was just eating sacks up for, for lunch, but himself, if that makes any sense, Rob. Yeah, early on especially, he uh, did not seem comfortable. No. Um, it got better. There was stint, but a lot of the time, even, even before the pressure was truly collapsing the offensive line, yeah. It, it felt like he he was thinking about it. That was just kind of the vibe I, I was getting. And he was trying to make something happen in the pocket when he really didn't need to be. Like, he could have he should have sat back and worked through his progressions. Yeah. But I think his eyes just kept going to the rush. And even when it wasn't there, he'd, he'd look down at it and he'd let it affect him. And it 
it led to just a lot of nothing early on for this Falcons team. Um, they were down 14 nothing like, right off the bat. But he did settle down. He had a couple throws over the middle to Drake London that were nice. Like, they were in it, and Drake London had a fumble that kind of yeah, took was... them out of it. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's, the play calling also seemed terrible. Like, Arthur Smith knows how to design a run game, but I don't know. Like, there was no play-action pass here. That's, yeah, that's questionable. Early, early on in the game, they were just – they seemed to just be wanting to hit bombs. So, it was just, like, <laughs> deep outside the, down the field throws. And I know Ritter's got a big arm, a, a bigger arm than Marcus Mariota, but I don't I don't know why that was the game plan. Like, to me, they, they should have focused on um, play-action pass, like, roll them out, get them on the move. Because uh, he obviously wasn't um, confident and comfortable in the pocket, yeah. Uh, as you saw, and the other thing is there was just not a lot of QB run. like they utilized Marcus Mariota in the QB run game. It felt like a decent amount. They just didn't do that a ton with Desmond Ritter, which seems strange because he is a very good athlete. I know mm. at Cincinnati he wasn't a big runner, but when he did utilize his legs. You saw that athleticism. It just, I don't know. I thought the game plan was horseshit. And uh, if not for a different rookie, the Falcons would have rolled over and died. I'm not writing off Desmond Ritter yet because I just think the the coaching staff did very little for him. Yeah. Um, but again, he did seem so uncomfortable in the pocket. He did not seem ready for this start. I mean, uh, wouldn't you be uncomfortable with the Falcons off the line protecting you? That is fair. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's I don't know. We, it's just it's we need to see more. I I need to see them give them a better game plan. I don't know. Yeah, that game planning sounds absolutely atrocious, <laughs> and the play calling worse. I like that sounds like that that sounds like exactly opposite of what you wanted to do to get them into this game. That that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But uh, you know what rookie quarterback did play well, and who's got the best game plan maybe right now. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Yes, we did at the same time. Went 17 of 26 for 217 yards, two scores against the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday Night Football. Got the got the big win. Started 11 for 11, which is slinging fire. I think he completed all of his passes of over 10 yards, which was only five. But had that awesome touchdown where like there was a pump on the motion, fake screen on the other side, and then Kittle was wide open over the middle. Uh, Kittle was an animal in this game. Had the other just wide open one to Kittle. Um it was just more of the same for Bach Purdy, I thought, you know? Like, it's just composed, doing his job, making the throws, playing beyond his years. Like, not, not like he's a super talented player or anything, but running that offense way too well for a guy that's, you know, Mr. Irrelevant. And um, this might have been, like, like his his worst game over... Because the second half, he kind of, like, he kind of just fell into it, I thought, right? After 11-11, it just kind of fell away and the office was a lot worse in the second half but Seattle sucks so it doesn't matter um through that through that should have been interception to, to Diggs too which was just almost too easy but overall just again I think just just chill like just poised beyond his uh his his maturity there like for how how good he's been it's kind of ridiculous yeah he leads all NFL rookies in touchdown passes um, obviously, he's way out playing his draft position as Mr. Irrelevant. But I guess the, the question is, is he just another Nick Mullins or is he something more? Is I, he yeah. going to be a premier backup yeah. who knows how to, to take advantage of, of a perfectly called game from Kyle Shanahan with a strong run game with everything working around him and it just clicks perfectly? Or, or is he going to be an NFL starter? Do you think next this time next year, like, is, is he going to push Trey Lance for this job? Or are people still just kind of overreacting because they haven't really been put in a spot where he's truly been tested yet? I think it's still overreaction. I I, I do think he's above the C.J. Beathards and Nick Mullins of the world. I yeah. I do think like he could be that premier backup for the Niners. I don't know if he'd translate to other teams. Like we, maybe Minshew level who might start you know this week for the Eagles. I don't think I'm there That's yet. That's yeah. a good uh, comparison. Potential, yeah. A, a guy who's who's maybe 
a top 32 quarterback, but you don't want him to actually be your starting quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I think that is out there for Purdy. But I think at the very least, you know, um, as long as he's there and if, if Lance, you know, stumbles out of the gates next year or, uh, God forbid, gets hurt again or whatever, um, they definitely can le- lean on Purdy. I think that's, we just, that's safe. We need to see them play from behind with him. I mean, the ultimate. It, it, look, the, the nice thing about this is every every question here is going to be answered in the playoffs. Period. Um, if he goes out and shines, then okay, then we'll have that conversation about should he be starting over Lance. That can be on the table if he goes and wins a fucking Super Bowl, right? Like that's that's fair. If he goes out and gets knocked out the first round because he just can't play from behind and can't get it done, then you know then he's a Mullins or whatever. Like everything, every question, every all the excitement about Purdy. It's nice to enjoy it now. I think everything's going to get answered in the playoffs, though. It just has to be, right? Yeah, the the to finish off the season they have the Commanders, the Raiders and the Cardinals. Pretty should go 3-0, <laughs> I would think. I don't, the, Washington, you know, Washington. The, the Commanders can get to them. Yeah. But yeah. um which they've we'll been see. getting to a lot of teams more on that later, but yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um speaking of the Commanders, perhaps. Yes, perhaps, Rob. Who's Perchance. your offensive rookie of the week? Perchance it is a Commander Robert. Perchance okay. it is Jahan Dotson. I put a backup one just in case you went with Jahan, so I, I wouldn't be too repetitive uh, because I think that, that Sunday night football game might have had the, the best offensive and defensive rookie. It will clearly have the best defensive rookie of the week. I didn't have any like good, real good um, offensive rookie of the week, so I went, went with Dotson, who four catches. Well, Go ahead, sorry. I, I also think in a regular week, too, like it, it, maybe we're both, uh, I think, of similar mind in that – when it's a primetime game, we've both seen it, so we, we try to avoid those Find guys. someone else, yeah. But if this was just your game, I think you'd happily go oh, yeah. Dawson. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't trying to disparage Dawson's performance in the least. He was he was a yeah. stud. I just tried to find yes, someone else. <laughs> Sorry, Dawson. Uh, four catches, buck 05, and a touchdown. The touchdown was just, like, really, really, really clean. Just that like gliding speed. The just little like shake, yeah. Taking advantage of a Wisconsin corner again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then broke to that post. It was just easy yeah. money. Yeah, just like... Oh, he, he's so fluid. Like it, yeah. you're right. Just the little shake at the top before he he, he, um, he uh, comes that. out of his break yeah. and easy separation. He also had that downfield fifty fifty ball where that's yeah. always like again Penn State reminiscent in that he yeah. wins these fifty fifty balls that you don't expect a smaller, he's, more agile type guy to to do, yeah. but he. He he's pretty great for an undersized receiver at kind of being violent at the catch point. I think that's what makes him special. Like the the body control, the the ball tracking, the late hands, the, the clean hands. It just makes him so good at those you know deep contested spots and like like you said, especially downfield. And like it's just so so much fun to watch him because he's been doing it all year and he got hurt. And it's great that he's picked up where he left off before the injury because he was. He had the most touchdowns amongst all the rookie receivers at the start of the season, and for a while, too. Um, but yes, and, and, seeing that he, is just special. And he came back in week 10 after the injury because mm-hmm. he had four touchdowns in the first four weeks, comes back in week 10, is kind of irrelevant for three weeks. Yeah. And then against uh, the Giants twice, he 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 gets back to it, and it's – it's so funny that they play the Giants two times, and between that, they just had a bye week. Like that seems insane it's so to me. So weird, but, especially for a div- like, um, uh, yeah, so weird. In those two games, his last two games, both against the Giants, nine catches, 159 yards, two touchdowns. And I I talked about him in that tie against the Giants where, um, he he put Zion Gilbert in a spin cycle and, and scored a touchdown, and he he looks like what Terry McLaurin looked like as a rookie. Yeah, very much so, and I think like. When they took him, you know, uh, like everyone, everyone was a fan of John Dotson, but like that's high, and maybe a little redundant with McLaurin, and maybe so, but it's it's working right now, especially with uh, Taylor Heineke, baby. Like <laughs> he's got it. Every, it kills me every year. Like Heineke starts playing well, and they're like, oh, this is a guy, he's got it, and then it just unravels. But anyways, right now with with McLaurin and uh, Dotson, they and, and Curtis Handel too, they they got it cooking. Um, and another because rookie. I, but yes, yeah, gone. Because I figure you might go with him, I I I thought let's go Tyler Algier. The 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 yeah. Falcons would have been nothing without him. Uh, he ran for 139 yards and a touchdown on 17 carries. That's 8.1 a pop. That's impressive. He 
played nearly 50% of the snaps, was kind of got the bulk of the carries in this one. Um, and he just breaks first contact constantly. He gets north south so quick. Like he he's not he, he's obviously a bigger more powerful back, but he's decisive and when he makes that cut he makes it hard. Yeah. Uh, and he gets upfield and he's such an angry runner and the Saints front seven just was going through hell against him and honestly if the Falcons could throw they, they I think they would have won this game because he was just wearing the Saints out um, and he's averaging the most yards per attempt after contact among NFL rookies I think he's top 10 in the league in that too um, and that's pretty impressive when you got Damian Pearson Isaiah Pacheco who've been doing it a lot this year yeah and I I, I'm just so glad he's getting so many carries because he's earned that. Uh, yeah, he 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 he's not gonna get to a thousand yards, but he's gonna get damn close. And that's a fifth round pick who I I know had some big fans, but I just I I feel like he's quietly just been so consistent the whole year. He hasn't yeah. had an a hundred yard game until this week, and so I hope he finally kind of gets his flowers on that. Um. But man, he he is a joy to watch. He he reminds me so much of a a young James Conner. Like when I don't think either of us were huge fans of Algiers, um, but I like and when he landed in Atlanta, it felt both like this is a good landing spot for him to get a chance, but also a bad landing spot in terms of I felt like he was a guy who needed he kind of needed that runway and like behind that battle line he's not going to get it. And you're right, he's been consistently good like all all year. Like it hasn't been huge games, but. But this game, it came, and and, and I'm ex- I like. He, I think he's earned it enough to, to like. If they don't draft it back, then he's RB one, I guess, right? And if they do, he should be right there in the rotation and and you know shown heavy work or you know split work at least. He's been good, and yeah, I agree. It feels like he's been underappreciated this year. Um, maybe that's because we've had Atlanta's you know joyless to watch, and we've had other really good rookie running backs. But um, he's been really good. He's been really good. Speaking of being really good, yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau has been really freaking good the last couple weeks. And I feel like it's gone from quietly good to everyone knows now. Yeah. Because he did it on Sunday Night Football yeah. in such an extreme manner. And I think anyone who's been watching Thibodeau, Thibodeau the last few weeks, like you, you just had to feel a game like this was coming. And it came in the perfect spot, like you said, just to become uh, maybe the next New York superstar. Defensive lineman, at least. He, the last four games, since the Cowboys game, Mm. um, where I feel like a lot of people started to take notice, it's felt like he, actually even, was it uh, Thanksgiving when they played the Lions? No. Uh, No, no, no. No, 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 no. okay. Yeah, so the the last four games or so, and this, this game against Washington, it started really impressively where he was just such a force in the run game and specifically coming backside and chasing shit down and blowing plays up and doing a really good job kind of uh, taking that half second to read what was happening in front of him and then pursuing. Uh, He had three TFLs like almost immediately. (laughs) And then, and then he has the strip sack in which he recovers the fumble and scores a touchdown Obviously, an extremely important touchdown in a twenty to twelve win. He he beats um, Charles Leno with a double swipe before getting to Heineke for the sack, and it was just awesome. He finished with twelve tackles, three TFLs, a strip sack, and a touchdown. It I don't, I I think I would put him third for defensive rookie of the year right now after Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen. Uh, is it was this the best individual uh, performance from a defensive rookie this year? Is that hard to say? So. Because I feel like it's easier to say with the defensive lineman over a corner. Because when yeah. a corner is really good, they're not putting up numbers, right? Like, yeah. Like I think so, Sauce has been the most consistently dominant defensive rookie. But at least the, Kayvon Thibodeau's first half against the Commanders, I think, is the best first half of football I've seen from any defensive rookie this year. It felt like that one game Bosa had as a rookie. Do you remember that? Like he just had one game. I think it might have been against Washington too, where he just absolutely took over the game. 
I feel like it was also also a Monday nighter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the one where he walked Thomas back into the ball carry and then just finished was just nasty. I mean, he was he was the best player in the game. I feel like. I think so, and he, I mean, his plays were game changing. Yeah, I mean, obviously they don't win the game without him. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you just mentioned Nick Bosa, so this is a great transition for me. I'm going to give my worst rookie to the combination of Charles Cross and Abe Lucas for the Seahawks. I put I put my underwhelming performance for the Seahawks offensive rookies. Um, more specifically, Charles Cross. Okay, who, I, I'm I'm glad because I wanted to talk about Cross. So let's let's go on go on. Who uh, just because he like kind of pancaked Nick Bosa on a play where Nick Bosa <laughs> pressured pressured Geno Smith. People were like specifically NFL rookie watch. Cancerous account on Twitter was like trying to blow that whoa, up. That whoa. was terrible. Drew the hands in the account. face call too. Drew the hands in the uh, face call too. So, uh, but yeah, Bosa was just took Charles Cross to town. I will um, say, I thought Cross had a really solid first half, and I th- I and thought for the most part battled, and then Bosa kind of kicked his ass. Yeah. Um. It, 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 he just felt so outmatched by. The combination of Bosa's uh, explosive first step and his violent hands. Like, he was beating him off yeah. the ball and then just washing his hands out of the play. And yeah, like that one sack where Bosa went low on uh, on Gino, like, just kind of, like, beat him with the hands pretty easy. And then, like, just, like, got low and kept just kind of, like, plowing his way to Gino. Um, I did think one of the sacks was kind of maybe more on Gino, but still a loss. And then... Um, also had the one where he he would have forced the interception that got called back with Ruffin that he beat uh he beat Cross on too and it looked like maybe Cross had his foot stepped on I'm gonna make every excuse for Cross but it looked like he maybe had his foot stepped on I don't know I I, I do think overall like that first half was good from Cross and that's a tough fucking situation and uh, it didn't help that the rest of the line was shit too like you said Abe Lucas I know you're about to get there also struggled I'll be yeah on, sorry. S- who was it Samson Abu Abukam was just getting after him a little bit, and when Bosa lined up over him, he was yeah. too. Yeah, uh, the one time with Lucas, too, um, uh, he didn't read the Hufanga blitz, too, and had that strip sack. And yeah. Lucas got back on it. Also had a holding call, and where Dariq Young had that sick catch, which we don't get to talk about now. Damn. So that, that sucks. Yeah, so I thought bo- the comp when both of them are not playing well, it's going to be a long night for Gino and yeah. the offense. Gino just didn't really stand a chance in this game just because he was constantly under pressure. Yeah. And it just felt like plays couldn't develop uh, because of that rookie tackle pairing. And I, threw, I threw Walker. I know it's hard to criticize. It was really I wanted to talk about the tackles, but hard to criticize him coming off the injury, and he might not even be healthy again this week. So just it just was a really mad performance from him again too. But from not- who? Kenneth Walker. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, so I put all three of them from underwhelming performance. There. Uh, yeah, Ken- Kenneth Walker's felt uh, he had that really, really strong stretch. Yeah. And now he's kind of slumped the last, what, four? His yeah. last four games. With, with an injury. There, but, yeah, yeah. But it's not all him. It's the offense as a whole has just kind of been in a slump. Definitely, yeah, for sure. Um. So I might be picking on him a bit at this point, but... But man, I went back to Devin Lloyd, because because Devin Lloyd is not good. He's not good. Um, which is tough because uh, I think uh, the other first round linebacker might be pretty freaking good. Yeah, I mean, I think that we've talked a lot about him just like having no effort. And man, he had one play where he had Dak dead to rights, just dead to rights, and he didn't sack him. Like he kind of like hugged him and let him go, and you could say he was afraid of roughing the passer. But I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that was. And then Dak just ran away from it, and he, like, didn't chase. I don't know. And he gave up a touchdown in coverage. Um, had a dump block in the back for on interception return, too. It's just like, man, he's just turned into nothing. <laughs> he's like, yeah. it's, it just feels like a classic Jags defensive bus at this point. After wasn't he, like, defensive rookie of the month, September or something? Like, it's just. Yeah, he, he the first, like, two or three weeks. And even specifically, like, he looked good in coverage yeah. during that, that period. It was the, the Colts and the Chargers game week two and three. But then now it's like every week, if you go after him, he, he's giving up uh, over 100 QB rating, like, for his last 10 games. Yeah, I think it was four targets, four catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown this week against Lloyd. Yeah, and so the, this season one target, he's giving up a 109.2 QB rating. I don't know, man. It's just like something switched, and he... he just isn't out there anymore. I don't know. Like, 
But even early in the year, it felt like a lot of right place, right time plays for Lloyd. And making them, give him that, but... It did. It, it did feel very, like, turnover-lucky type plays. But, yeah, like, definitely. He had a, like, like, I think the, t- the two interceptions that he had... In week two and three, they're both, both like thrown directly to him. Yeah, but I will say you got to make an effort to get to those spots, and now it's like he's not even making an effort to get there. So, yeah, it's tough. But you know who is making an effort? Quay Walker, primetime star. Yeah, I I went with just a bunch of Packers rookies in that Rams game because it, it felt like no one, no one of them just had a truly rookie of the week type performance. But as a whole, they were all five of these rookies were important. Defensively, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, and Kingsley and Igbare. Um, Walker had the strip sack. Yeah. He shot the gap on, on that one run play for a big TFL. He had the near interception on a third down uh, where where he uh, uh, leaped to the sky. Um, <laughs> and Igbare had that uh, sack early. And then, like, two plays later, read the tight end screen for the big uh, PBU. Um, and then at the end of the game, Devontae Wyatt, for whatever reason, barely plays. But he gets in there for nine snaps. He, on two of those snaps, back-to-back, he comes up with a big run stuff. And the very next play, he forces a sack just by shooting a gap, kind of hitting or a, a, a rip move. Um, and I would like to see him play some more. I don't get it when they're a losing team and the defense line has been in. I, that, that doesn't make sense to me. And, yeah, I well, – go ahead, sir. It doesn't make sense, too, just because, like, it felt like this game was in uh, – I know the score wasn't always – like, the Rams weren't out of it, but it felt like, for oh, the most yeah. part, the Packers had this one. The this bag. game felt over in the first quarter. I, I like, he sh- should have been playing the whole fourth quarter. Yeah. Played nine snaps. He's played 18 snaps the last two weeks. He's he's been, he's been played in every game this season, but he's, he's never played – he's played uh, 20 or more snaps once. It's really weird. Good start, the Rook, if, if you want to throw that out there. Especially, like – now that like they they can be eliminated this week, right? I believe or were mm-hmm. they already eliminated? I can't remember. So I think they're still alive. Yeah, but again, um, long long shot. And then I know Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs, Dubs, Dobes, whatever Dobbs. you want to say, Dobbs. I still couldn't get it. Um, didn't neither had like a dominant game, and it was really annoying to me that people on Twitter being like Christian Watson's losing me my fantasy uh, football playoff game. The, the, Christian Watson caught four passers, 46 yards, three first downs, drew two major penalties. Yeah. Like Christian Watson, although he didn't put up the same touchdown numbers, he was such an important player in this game. And so was Romeo Dobbs, who caught all five of his targets for 55 yards, four first downs. Those yeah, two just Dobbs, kept, yeah. they kept moving the chains when, when the Packers needed it. Dobbs felt like the ch- – like, not that Watson wasn't also moving the chains, but Dobbs just felt like the go-to chain mover dude. Well, and- and I think it's exciting in that I think Dobbs can be that that chain mover and Watson's your big play splash play guy. Yeah, and they complement each other well. They do. And Randall Cobb in the slot. <laughs> Dobbs Dobbs being back just felt like it means a lot for this Packers offense. I mean, again, the season's done, but um, I'll throw one more name out. How about Brian Robinson for Washington too? Who, man, has looked looked like a real running back one the last few weeks. Had eight nine yards and twelve carries, eighteen yard reception. Doing the short yardage stuff that he does really well, running hard, like going into piles and breaking out of it, but also like had, having more juice than a guy who got shot three months ago should. But even like more juice than I thought he did at Bama, and I, that's that's saying a lot. Um, should have had the touchdown at the end too, but the ref uh, screwed Terry McLaurin for no reason. Yeah, he did. That, that's so weird. But yeah, should have should have capped it with a touchdown. So. But yeah, I, I put the Packers rookies and Brian Robson. I just thought they were, they all deserved to to share this spotlight. Um, going to underwhelming performance. Uh, Iki Aquanu had a tough day against the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, which it feels like his first tough day in a while. We, we, in a we, while, yeah. yeah. And he started off pretty pretty well. Uh, and then Alex Highsmith got him a couple times. C.J. Watt, Terrell Edmonds, um, pancaked him for a sack. I think he ended up giving up like three sacks. Oh fuck! Um, Alex that, Highsmith hit him okay. with a spin move. Yeah, it was a really bad, bad day. Um, but I, I, I'm I, again more underwhelmed than concerned just because he did have a really good stretch. I feel like rookies are just bound to get their warts. Oh yeah. T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith are kind of when Watt's healthy, the one of the most productive pass rush duos in the league. Yeah, just like Cross and Bosa, like it's the same. It's gonna happen. Exactly. Um, I also put Bam Knight because, of course, when I Finally get a Jets game, AJ. I know. Bam Knight 
does nothing. I know. Uh, that that was the Lions defense played quite well, and uh, the Jets offensive line didn't. And uh, they just the Lions kind of just sold out to stop the run because uh, Zach Wilson, although his stats look good, just was not a threat. Going back to Aki quick, I know I, it wasn't my game, but um, Panthers couldn't run the ball in this one either, and that's, that, that's something that they've been able to do recently. So was was Aki okay in the run game, or is, and was it the rest of the group, or is he also struggling there? The whole line just didn't look. He looked better in the run game. Yeah. So like they, just, their offenses, they just seemed not in. Like this game was so anticlimactic. Um, as a Steelers fan, like I was, this is the least invested I've been watching a, a game in years. Is how I felt. <laughs> And part of that was Trubisky playing. Um, but it just never really felt like the Panthers were going to win. And it's not like the Steelers were playing dominant football. Or anything. I, I felt the same way when Carolina was playing Seattle. But it was only because Carolina was so damn good against Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, my underwhelming performance for the Seahawks rookies. Jumping to looks like a hit. I don't know if this was, like, the, the big game for him. But I wanted to give some flowers to Kyle Hamilton. Who... It's coming along strong, man. Like, he's – he had that, that well-disguised sack. Came off the edge and just got to the nasty man. Seven tackles, that sack. A couple TFLs, a PBU. Yeah, PBU came against, I think, Njoku, like, right at the goal line. Yeah, which is really what he's what he's made for, right? Like, that's that's what he went for. I know, like, he's, like – he's slightly tight at times when he's, like, in man in the slot, but he's a massive dude. And he gave up some catches. But he, overall, he's been playing really, really well, and I feel like he's just getting overlooked – and he's become a real force in the slot against the run. And he's just, yeah. just really coming to his own down the stretch. And he deserves some praise because he's just getting overshadowed. And, yeah, I, w- I want to give Kyle Hamilton some love. And maybe he's not that top ten player hit, but he's looking like he, he's very well deserving of a first-round pick. Yeah, he uh, they're deploying him in cool ways. Yes. My, your, your boy Mike McDonald's doing a good job. Well, it's his new baby. Um, Mine looks like a hit another DB. Damari Mathis has been playing good football. And quote tweeting us, yeah. So and, and he's kind of my boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I know Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley aren't the scariest quarterback duo, um, but targeted three times, gave up zero catches, had a great PBU uh, where AJ Green was just running in, uh, a quick out, and Mathis was very uh, patient, sitting atop the route, and as soon as Green broke. He shot down, triggered down, uh, and closed in on it for a sweet PBU. He's been playing uh, a little inconsistently, but but overall has a, has had a very good season for a fourth round corner, one of the harder positions uh, to transition to in the NFL. Yeah, uh, and he's played a hundred percent of the snaps every week since week six. Low-key, Mathis has been one of the most fun rookies to watch. Like you said, it's been up and down, but that's what's made it fun. And he's getting, like, that's a t- – like, he's against – he's on a good defense and with, with one of the best corners opposite of him. So he's mm-hmm. going to get thrown at heavy. He, and, you know, there, looks, there's been some games where he struggled, but go on, sorry. He looks like just a very solid number two yeah. corner, yeah. especially when your number one corner is an all-pro type player. Yeah, he, he, he just has that vibe of – that cornerback too that like ha- is gonna play for a long time, and you're not worried about it. Like, and he's gonna make plays, and he'll have like a pick six, and you'll know, be a, like a folk hero in town. You know what I mean? Like, not maybe not a Pro Bowl dude or anything like that, but yeah. I, I, again, I, he's been so much fun to watch, and he's he's been damn good. And yeah, we're both both big fans of his coming in the draft, so that's cool that worked out. Um, my looks like a misses guy. We're both fans of, and it's just. It's just nothing, man. It's Valus Jones who uh, had another banner game for him. One catch, three yards on two targets. And uh, also a fumble on a reverse play that, that hurt the Bears, too. Had, had one decent kick return. But even then, like that's what he was like. He's an older rookie. He had a great senior bowl. He's drafted to be speed dude. And, and at the very worst, you're supposed to get a good kick return guy. And he's not done that too much. Like He's really not had that impact positively at least for the bears that he's needed to have and he's had plenty of chances and it's just just not it, like, there's no game where i'm like okay this is what we're supposed to be seeing for valus jones and it just it's been a very uh very 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 underwhelming season to the point where i don't like i i think he think he's a cut candidate next year unfortunately yeah i think you're right on that um i went with a guy who's kind of had an up and down season i i, I think i might have been too low on him but it's still a little wait and see. 
I thought Kyrie Ilum played quite well against the Dolphins. Yeah, um, has had a kind of a wait and see year. I, I don't, I don't think that's unfair. Still played under fifty percent of the snaps, but had that great TFL. Looked pretty good in coverage. Gave up just two catches for eleven yards against that high power Dolphins team. I know the weather wasn't great. Yeah, uh, did a good job on Mike Gesicki at times, which I thought was interesting. Uh, kind of utilizing his size against uh, the tight end. Uh, and I, I think I had him rank 39th. He went, like, what, 23rd or something? Something, yeah. I know it's still wait and see, but uh, I just thought pretty solid day from him. Being a healthy scratch two weeks ago last week was so weird. Uh, I don't know. I like In general, I've liked what I've seen from Elam. Like when he's, he's also super young. He is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I, I Again, I, I, I liked Elam coming out, and I think he can be, I think he'd be pretty legit, but... It's, I don't mind McDermott playing a little bit of, you know, take the time with him. And, like, you know, we see all these Chiefs rookies who played fairly okay this week um, get thrown into the fire, you know. Like, like McDuffie played a pretty good game. but Yeah, he's been good. And that's been costing them, but, um, well, not really. I mean, they got to just – they're not losing to the Texans, but they're almost losing to the Texans. And, and maybe that's okay that Elam's not – I mean, he was early in the year when they really needed him. But now that they have some more, you know um, – a little healthier and more depth, like maybe that's okay that he's not getting thrown out there too much, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Going to needs to step it up. I'm going to throw the two Lions rookies who, who've kind of been their defensive stars uh, this whoa, season whoa, whoa. at times. James Houston was a monster. I know you got more on not, that later. I'm not talking about I him. Know, I know you're not, that's, but he's the best one. He's, he's the, the best, best player on the Lions. Correct. Um But as, as the Lions become a potential playoff team. Which I hope they are. Uh, me too. Uh, they they're gonna need every everything to go right on this defense just because it's so young. And I I thought both Aiden Hutchinson and Kirby Joseph had less than stellar games. I know the Jets didn't put up a ton of points, but that had more to do with Zach Wilson. Kirby <laughs> Joseph was uh, a bit of a liability in coverage. Uh, that's not, that. But to his credit, I think that's the first time this year. Yeah, he get, he gave up uh, two big plays. Um, the CJ Uzama touchdown. Mm. Uh, was like just him getting lost, and I know there was some misdirection on that. But anyway, he ended up giving him th- three catches, sixty-one yards, two touchdowns. Um, it, it, he he again, kind of at times when Garrett Wilson was taking it off the top, like kind of um, getting lost. Mm. Um, and then with Aiden Hutchinson, there's just. Not a lot of consistent pressure from him. He just, yeah. I feel he, he, he makes these splashy plays, but he disappears for stretches. He's Very not like much. a consistent threat. Um, he did have a TFL and a pressure, but overall it was a very, uh, free, I, I, not bad game, but you just need to see more from the number two pick. Agreed. And I think that's been what he's been for a lot of the year. Um, speaking of needing to see more from high picks, uh, my needs to step it up is Evan Neal, who... Was struggling big time against Montez Sweat and company. I thought, like, yeah, I think I credited agree. with five pressures. Um, like Sweat's Sweat's been so good this year, by the way. He just hasn't gotten the credit he deserves. I think he's been one of the best pass rushers in the league. But five pressures again. Like you, you had him for one of these negative spots last week, and I know, like, he's still coming back from injury. But like, oh man, like I, I thought Neil was the best prospect in the draft last year. So seeing him struggle like this is is not good. And I know. I, th- I know. I think he's going to turn it around. I, uh, Andrew Thomas did, baby. So I think he's going to too. But this, the, the pass protection is scary, scary bad right now. To be honest. Yeah, it's it, it's it's tough because two weeks ago, remember I said it was his best game all year. Yeah. And yep. then last week he was my worst rookie, and now he's back here. <laughs> I think you could have had him somewhere if you didn't have him there somewhere. Last yeah, week, so. I, I just had so many guys this week. Um, not ready to play. Bengals DB duo of Cam Taylor Britt and Dax Hill, who got his first start. Uh, the, the similar to the Chiefs, the Bengals are in a position where, due to injury and, and lack of depth, they're forced to play rookie DBs, and it could be their downfall come playoff time. The reason the Buccaneers got up seventeen nothing before blowing it and looking like they couldn't <laughs> do a thing on offense was because they were going after these guys um, with with Goblin, with Mike Evans, with Russell Gage. These two combined to give up seven catches, 60 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Cam Taylor-Britt's consistently kind of been in this 
spot for me. Which sucks, and then, yeah. He got banged up see, too, right? Yeah, and then seeing Dax Hill come in and, and kind of look worse at times, I, I think it would have been worse for these two if, if Tampa Bay didn't just have a meltdown. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just a concern. It's it's a concern for them and the Chiefs that they're playing these young DBs who don't seem ready. The Bengals, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm going from Bengals to Bears, who's, you know, a lot less, uh, you know, worried about the playoffs. But Jalen Jones has been playing a lot for the Bears. And, like, he's been way better than expected. So I'm not disparaging him at all. I think he's been, like, surprisingly good. Um, but not great, and he, he kind of struggled in this one against the Eagles. Nothing like bad. Like he's, he had his moments, five catches for sixty four yards, so a little little bit picked on. But just a guy that like should probably not be playing as much as he is, and is out there not playing great. So they just he's not ready to play, and he's 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 out there. Going to best day three rookie, you alluded to him, James Houston. Yeah, baby, the pressure monster himself. Every week plays a little bit more. And every week he's seems to be the most productive rookie pass rusher outside of Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, four pressures, came up with a sack. The sack was kind of an easy one but it, where he came unblocked. But it's still the fact that he's, like, affecting the quarterback consistently. Um, he's gone from playing 6% of snaps to 21 to 32 to 40 this nice. week to get, uh, against the Jets. And it's the pass rush, pass rush repertoire with him. Like you're seeing him win in different ways, and it's been so fun. He he really utilizes his leverage so well because he's he's an undersized guy. Right? Yeah. He's like six one two thirty. It's uh, it's been so cool to watch him. Yeah, it has. We had we had eyes in the in the stadium on Sunday, and they said he's the best. He might be the best rookie pass rusher they've ever seen. You said you got that message from friend of the show, Karen Trinuth, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> um, my, my best day three rookie. One of my favorite players, Chigo Conquil, baby. It feels like it's been like a revolving door for who the best rookie tight end is. Like this season at a given moment. And right now, no one's playing better than Chig. No one's playing better than Chig. And freakishly enough, he's third in the whole league in yards per, per route run with like with three. Um, and he's only behind uh, Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. <laughs> so like that's, that's freaky. And he's ahead of A.J. Brown. Um, that's freaky uh, company there. Also playing good special teams. He had a really good game. Four, four catch, 54 yards, and a carry for six yards. Um, had, a, had a special teams tackle. I thought, like, one thing maybe to get nitpicky on is, is blocking, especially in space where I think he can – that could, you know, be where he could re- be another difference maker with his athleticism. But, no, man, he's he's been really good. And now with, you know, it might be Malik Willis the rest of the year. I want to see if he can keep that going. He had the one great catch with one, with one of the Malik starts. But Tanny and him really found, like, a, found a rhythm, but – I don't know if they can keep that going. And quickly, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Isaiah Pacheco, who had another 86-yard game and 15 carries and just looking like a starting running back in the NFL. And that's that's saying something for a guy who was drafted so late and has been so damn good this year. You know who's been good and he wasn't even drafted, going to best on drafted rookies, is Rashid Shahid, who just oh, seems yeah. to be a, a big play star. Had two huge catches against the Falcons for the Saints, including – a massive touchdown finishes with 95 yards and a score on just three catches. Uh, the Saints just seem to find these guys. They do. They do. And, again, I just hope they keep keep, keep him involved because he's fun as hell. Um, you got more? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Jordan Mason, obviously, yeah. had the, the game-clinching run for the 49ers. 56 yards, yeah. He just runs so damn angry. He's been fun the last couple of weeks. Uh, Jojo Doman returned to block punt for a touchdown. I, and I put him out of yeah. uh, And, and Jalen Warren continues to be just a consistent um, change of pace guy for the Steelers. Uh, I found the new Jack Sanborn. It's, maybe he's not that new, but Luke Masterson for the Raiders. Oh, yeah. 11. He's, uh, oh, he's yeah. been a special team star when I watch the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Now he's playing and he's a stud. 11 tackles, a TFL. Really, really nice TFL. Two good tackles, like in coverage, too. I think like, he's credited for like two catches, giving up for. 11, uh, eight yards or something, but really good plays. So all over the field, all over all over the field for the Raiders looked really good. And uh, I had Mason here, and also Cater uh, Kohu, who like did get called for that late pass interference, kind of killed them. But like other than that, I thought he played a really strong game. Uh, had a, had a nice PPU. Um, has been just so consistently good for this Dolphins. Like no more out of nowhere rookie than him, and he's been doing it all year, which is so crazy impressive for a team that looks like they're gonna make the playoffs. Um, a couple of rookies who flashed. 
by a couple, I mean a ton. Uh, <laughs> Alante Taylor at three PBUs on eight targets. I know it was Desmond Ritter, but every time Desmond Ritter threw at him, he was just perfectly in phase finding the football. Um, George Pickens had a really great sideline catch. He only had 53 yards and two grabs, but catch against the Panthers was sick. Garrett Wilson had a great game. He yeah. kept the Jets in it. Um, if Zach Wilson could throw, he he should have had like 150 yards. Uh, my Jay Sanders had a sack and a fumble recovery. Trey McBride had a nice game where he four catches, 55 yards, picked up three first downs, 32 after the catch. He looked good after the catch. So he's playing the Broncos. He's He's got to show up. James Cook had a touchdown against the Dolphins. I wish they would use him more. They just kind of – they seem to use him, and then they just forget about him. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and Tyler Linderbaum, who I, I think was snubbed of the Pro Bowl. Um, I'm, I got a theme from my rookies who flashed. I went with all with corners who maybe had some yardage but played good games. Um, first, Kyler Gordon, who had a pickoff hurts on the first drive. Um, and like had like some tough times with Devonte. Had a ni- but really good tackler. Like nice TFL on hurts. Recovered a fumble. Gave up some yardage, but I threw him here. Also, Marcus Jones, who gave up the game winning touchdown to Keelan Cole, wasn't a touchdown by the way. His foot was out. But then other than that, when he was on, he was covering Devonte Adams a lot and. I think at some point in the third quarter, they had him, like, for one catch, allow for nine yards on two targets. And one of those, the other play was a really, really, really great deep PBU. Love that. Um, next one, Jerome Bland, who had a pick, um, had a PBU. He, like, he gave up seven catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets. But, like, still, like, seeing him battling. Um, the PBU was a great play, knocking away of Kirk on a third down. Kind of just, like, an easy interception, but still a good play. It had another third down PBU. Um Sorry, sorry, just that one I misread. Um, yeah, and then they got beat by Christian Kirk for a couple, but good game. And lastly, and probably played the best of all this group, uh, Roger McCreary, who had one of the interceptions of the year where he just you know, caught the ball midair, falling out of bounds, and threw it back in play to uh, to Kalu for the interception. And I think overall pretty good in coverage. Like two catches allowed for 22 yards. Um, he's been up and down, but he's been he's had his moments, and this was definitely the most impressive one. Um. Going to out of nowhere, I, I, I have a feeling you might also have Dalen Baldwin. Yeah, of course I got Dalen Baldwin. <laughs> Two catches, 25 yards against the Ravens. P- former Michigan receiver last year. Yeah, just last year. Played for like three different schools. Yeah, Jacksonville State. Didn't even know he was in the NFL. I think this was his first game he got called up to, so... Uh, I put Jojo Doman, too. You mentioned him already. And then, good thing I put one more guy. Tegan Quintiarano, again, had a touchdown. But it was a nice one. Just uh, eight yards, but it was a nice route. Like, moving pretty well, I thought. Good play against the Chiefs. Uh, so, I threw him. Threw him in. And finally, start the rook. <sighs> the Colts. What are we going to do about the Colts? They blew the biggest lead in NFL history. Do you think um, Frank Reich is, like, somewhere smiling about this? Or do you think he's upset about this? Frank Reich had the biggest comeback in NFL history as the Bills quarterback uh, against the Oilers in the playoffs, and now his former team gives up. I don't know. I don't know. Is he is he mad? He doesn't hold it anymore. Maybe. And now Nick um, Foles is starting. Like it's, there's too much Frank it's, Reich. It's in the so league. weird. It's, yeah. This whole thing's weird. Um, but the Colts' biggest play in this game came to Jelani Woods down the seam. Like and then never went to him again. One, and then never went to him again. He had one <laughs> target. Huge gain where he just looks massive and athletic. He's played 30% of snaps or less in five of his last six games. He has 11 grabs for 162 yards in his last three games. I don't understand why he's not their starting tight end, and they're not just trying to get him in, as involved as possible. Like Him and Alec Pierce have both had shiny moments at times this year as rookies, but they're just they're, they're such a shit show they... They're never consistently involving either of them, and I just don't get it because they're it. both massive and athletic. I get it. Coach Saturday is using them as his uh, keep his job chess piece. He's like, he's going to go to Ursay over a couple beers and say, buddy, I'm going to get the most out of these two next year. And he's like, oh, they've shown in glimpses, but I can get the most out of them. It's a genius so play. Coach so smart. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give you three guys, but two from the same team. Similar idea. I know we've done this a lot, but – Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean barely play, and it hurts me. Davis, like, I know he's been hurt, uh, and he's been, but he's been back for three weeks, and he got, like, 24% of snaps. It sucks. Dean played well for a couple games, had zero snaps this week. That sucks. I know they're loaded, and I get why they're not playing that much, 
But like Reed Blankenship, I know a different position, but still on this defense came in and was playing a lot before he got hurt. So if like if you can give all this time to Reed Blankenship, you can work Jordan Davis and Nicole Dean in more. Like please, for the love of God. And this one is this one's just personal. Um, Lance McCutcheon was a fucking animal in the preseason. Looked like the best receiver in all of preseason. Their wide receivers are thinner than my hair. Like it's been all year and they can't get him on the field. Now Skoranek out. Like you know, you know Baker Mayfield and Lance McCutcheon are gonna make magic. That's just a match made in heaven. Get him on the field, please. I want to see him. Uh, I mean, I'm sold. So let's see it.